0: Welcome to Political Beatdown with Michael Cohen and Ben Micellis. We've got a lot to discuss brigaders today. Donald Trump filed a frivolous $500 million BS lawsuit against my co-host, against Michael Cohen in federal court in the Miami division uh, in the Southern District of Florida. I think basically every aspect of this lawsuit is frivolous in my legal opinion. But Michael Cohen, of course, we want to get your reaction as you're being sued. Also, Midas Touch and this podcast and your other podcasts got a shout out. There was a whole section in uh, Donald Trump's lawsuit labeled (laughs) labeled podcast. So we're going to talk about that. We got to talk about Uh, the Attorney General of New York, Letitia James's lawsuit against Donald Trump. And of course, that's set to go to trial October 2nd of 2023. She is deposing Donald Trump today. He most, in all likelihood, invoked his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination like he previously did. But he was in Manhattan today for that deposition, and he was on his social media platform Um, just saying the most disgusting and deranged things about New York Attorney General Letitia James. And Donald Trump is also set to go to trial in E. Jean Carroll's civil rape and defamation case on April 25th. And Trump's lawyer, Joe Takapina, has been sending these letters to the judge saying, please, we need a cooling off period. We need a cooling off period. We need a four week delay. Um, we'll talk about that letter. We'll talk about the letter from E. Jean Carroll's lawyers, Roberta Kaplan. And we'll talk about what Judge Lewis Kaplan, no relation to Roberta Kaplan, what the federal judge is uh, likely to do. But Cohen, never a dull moment in political beatdown, never a dull moment in general when you are on the side of democracy. But uh, we got to get into that Trump lawsuit in a little bit. But first off, as I always ask you at the start of this show. How are you doing, Michael Cohen?
1: Uh, You know, I was trying to uh, get my groove back a little bit until I'm watching television. um, And then all of a sudden, my phone, when I tell you it blew up, I must have received 75 to 80 text messages and then followed by a slew of emails, all asking me if I have a comment. I I love when media does this, too. (laughs) They literally they got notification that there was a filing of this Southern District, New York, Miami, Florida case entitled Donald J. Trump versus Michael Cohen. And they expected that I was going to end up, first of all, knowing about it as if I, you know, have my own name on some name tracker system as media does, but that I had already read it and that I was prepared to provide a statement. So after that, I, of course, uh... Googled myself and I saw Donald Trump sues Michael Cohen for $500 million. And uh, I then get a phone call from Lanny Davis, who, as you may know, is representing me in the district attorney of New York case, not the AG's case, not this, uh, this other case, uh, the one that Donald uh, just filed the other day. And we prepare a statement and then Lanny puts it out and so be it. It's a baseless, frivolous lawsuit put out by Donald Trump. And again, I know the playbook. This is what he does for the sole purpose of harassing and intimidating me. This is all about not just harassing and intimidating me, but what he's also doing is sending a message, just like uh, if he was a wise guy, that would turn around and say anybody that thinks that they're going to be unscathed as a witness against me or um, somebody who's providing information about me to any of these um, law enforcement agencies, understand that I'm not going to accept it and I'm going to sue you, and I'm going to sue you for a lot of money. Um, The interesting thing is not only did... I receive, uh, and when I said earlier on that, you know, I was beginning to sort of unwind and uh, try to figure my days out, over the course of the past uh, few days before that, I had been served by counsel for Donald Trump, and uh, in the New York Attorney General case, the first subpoena was called a subpoena ad testificandum which in Latin uh, means, you know, to testify. So they're calling me in to testify. And the other is called the subpoena duces tecum, which is to provide documents. Just to give you an idea in terms of my brigaders, uh, the extent of the work that's going into this, these are the subpoenas, all right. I mean, these are the subpoenas that, uh, you know, were served upon oh, me. Hold it up
0: one more time, Cohen. I want uh, everyone to get a full sense of, of what it is, yeah. There you go. That's just one of the subpoenas, huh?
1: No, those are the two. Um, The the two subpoenas. And very much like the lawsuit, uh, they're filled with inaccuracies. They're filled with misstatements. There's a whole slew of mistakes in each of them. Uh, You know, some of the things in the subpoenas that we will be uh, making a motion about the fact that. in the subpoena ad uh, testificandum that they did not properly serve, they did in the Duchess Tecum matter. But at the same point in time, both of these fail to state with any specificity the reason why a non-party witness is needed. That is one thing. There is a certain amount of respect as in that you know you're supposed to give in a non-judicial uh, proceeding uh, to a non-party witness. And you're supposed to explain to them why you are being called in to provide testimony, which, of course, is a pain in the ass. So we will get to that. Uh, this is before Judge Engeron, who, as we all know, and we talk about Judge Engeron quite often on this show, he's not the kind of guy that likes to sit back and take um, you know, this sort of nonsense and deal with this bullshit uh, simply because the Trump team has figured out that they can use this testimony as a way to damage either my credibility or uh, in order to obtain information that they otherwise would not be able to obtain regarding whether it's the district attorney's office or the New York AG's office or to obtain documents that may or may not be in my possession. That's basically what they're doing. On top of, as I stated before, the harassment and intimidation. I mean, this lunatic is suing me for $500 million. And it's funny, if you take a look, there's an article that's written about this, and I believe it was in um, Ross Story. And, And it's amazing. Ross Story basically believes that in this action that Trump has filed against me, that he hurts himself and his own credibility because it's technically an admission that the information that I provided is accurate. It's an, it's an incredible story and I strongly suggest that people read that article as well as uh, there's a New York Times article that's written by Maggie Haberman, Ben Protest and Willie Rashbaum that's also out today that explains this case. Despite the fact that in the New York Times article there are three, uh, three attorneys that professors of law. One I believe is from NYU Law, the other is from uh, Fordham and then I forget the third uh, law firm, uh, the f- third um, college that or law school that this uh, individual teaches at. But they don't believe that the level of intimidation by this lawsuit would rise to the occasion. Uh, of sanctions and so on, and I absolutely, as well as many others, uh, disagree with their assertion. So let's wait and see.
0: (laughs) Well, and I wanna dive into the lawsuit in, in a little bit, and look, from my own legal perspective, I believe that that lawsuit is sanctionable to the point where the very venue that was selected, the Miami division within the Southern District of Florida, right? It's just a way that Donald Trump tried to avoid going in front of the judge in the West Palm Beach District, Judge Donald Middlebrooks, where he was just sanctioned a million dollars in the frivolous case he filed against. Uh, Hillary Clinton and numerous other individuals. So the whole filing in Miami—it's the wrong court to begin with. Florida is the wrong state, I think, you know, to begin with. But you know, there there is a world though too where Donald Trump's just opened himself up for a huge amount of discovery as well, and I'll talk about that in a moment. You you cite the Ross story article, by the way. Raw Story cites none other than Karen Friedman Agnifilo right here on the Midas Touch Network. Um, And she's recently become a uh, host as well, or a contributor rather, on CNN. And she basically explained, look, by him making these claims in this lawsuit, that you violated attorney-client privilege or that you breached fiduciary duties. In other words, that you told confidences of his, even though he's the one who talks about all of these things um, publicly and you have an absolute right to do it when he's committing crimes like that. He absolutely uh, he's essentially stipulating to the truth of what it is that you're saying. And so, therefore, he is actually saying, into the New York jury by the Manhattan grand jury, everything that Cohen said is accurate. That's why Karen Friedman Agnifilo, you know, had that. That was ultimately what her analysis is. But you mentioned the AG's case. You showed that. Show that subpoena one more time for everybody just joining we've got eleven thousand people here it looks like it could be a five pound weight but that's just some of the paperwork that donald trump serves you with but the ultimate irony michael cohen is that when donald trump serves you with that paperwork guess what he's doing when he's been deposed by the new york attorney general i plead the fifth i plead the fifth and he's asked the most basic questions tough guy like the questions he's asked are Okay. Have you reviewed the statement of financial conditions um, that your company has prepared based on the advice of counsel? I must uh, plead the Fifth Amendment. And
1: then after afterwards, it's, always, it's like this. He he leans in.
2: Yes.
0: <laughs> I think we've got I think we've got the clip. Let, 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 let's show people what Donald Trump did at his previous deposition that he took back in August when New York Attorney General, who, right, Trump likes to talk a tough game. Oh, I'm going to confront her. I'm going to do all these things. Watch what happened when New York Attorney General Letitia James, she was in the room, asked him the most basic questions. Play the clip.
3: So, Mr. Trump, I take it you are are not going to answer any questions about your preparation today with your counsel. Is that correct?
4: And then. then Should I say this, Mm -hmm. or should I respond to that? Just read that. For all of the reasons provided in my answer, which is incorporated herein, in its entirety, I decline to answer the question.
3: Okay, Uh, Mr. Trump, the focus of our investigation, and what we are primarily going to cover today, involves the presentation of your statements of financial condition between 2011 and the present. Uh, I take it you are generally familiar with those statements. Is that correct?
4: For all of the reasons provided in my answer, which is incorporated herein, in its entirety, I decline to answer the question.
3: Um, Did you review any of those statements from the period 2011 to 2021 during your preparation for today's testimony?
4: For all of the reasons provided in my answer, which is incorporated herein, In its entirety, I declined to answer the question.
1: By the way, interestingly enough, you know, on my social media platforms, whether it's Twitter or TikTok or even Instagram, and I posted, for example, this um, GoFundMe that Adam uh, Parkomenko ended up uh, creating for me, which I can't thank him enough for. Um, It's incredibly helpful and desperately needed. But the craziest thing is that people who are MAGA morons. They all go ahead and they attack me, calling me a convicted perjurer. I'm the liar. Well, I want to be very clear, Brigaders, that during the six or seven congressional testimonies that I did, my conversations, my hundreds of hours with Mueller, With Southern District, who was participating with the AG, and then, of course, the district attorney 22 times before. I didn't take the fifth. Now, I may have said on a certain topic, I have no knowledge or information regarding that topic. All right. But I never took the fifth. So if you think about that from the standpoint of who's the fucking liar here, it's the liar in chief, the orange crusted Mandarin Mussolini, right? Douchebag Donald himself. That's the liar. And I love that Ross story um, article because it actually calls out the fact that he once again is contradicting himself. And then what's also amazing is he talks about, for example, uh, the breach of attorney-client privilege. You know, Donald doesn't even understand, nor has his counsel, from what I understand also in the New York Times article that many of the lawyers that are surrounding Donald right now, I like to call them the clown show uh, crackerjack you know um, lawyers that are around him, some of them had said it's a mistake, don't do it. all right? Um, I've yet to back down this is like I've called it before. This is a David and Goliath story. I mean, this is like biblical if you think about it. And once again, David, myself, right? And Goliath, the big 3,000 pound gorilla over there, um, you know, orangeback. At the end of the day, um, I'm going to hit him again with another rock right in the forehead because the documents are stupid. They don't make any sense. Um, He's going to get... Countersued. There's no doubt about that one for what he's doing, but he doesn't even- So you are announcing
0: concept. here though, I, Cohen, I, I I don't want to gloss past that. But I just want to say this,
1: he doesn't even understand the concept of attorney-client privilege. That, that's the greatest part of, of it all. Not everything, just because you're a lawyer and in the position that I was in at the Trump organization as executive vice president and special counsel to Donald Trump doesn't mean every single thing that I did is legally related. On top of that, there's other defenses as to why, you know, you can, including the fact that Rudy Colludi, drunk and Giuliani went out there and started talking about this, um which broke the privilege. But putting all that aside, um, just wait till the documents come out. They're going to be special.
0: How about the fact that he directed? Uh, the attorney general. By the way, you'll get a good deposition of Bill Barr out of this lawsuit as well. How about the fact that he directed uh, an attorney general to put you in solitary confinement for 51 days? Basically, he's opened the Pandora's box of all of the discovery that he's been trying to avoid, which is why this has now become one of the most important cases as well, I'm going to help you however I can. You know, there are tons of lawyers who are going to help you. And I want to remind everyone about the Michael Cohen, uh, what Parkamenko set up, um, which is called the firewall for Michael Cohen. And there's a link on the YouTube if you want to help with the uh, defense funds, because look, le- legal bills are no joke. So check that out in the uh, YouTube description. It's already Cohen in, in less than, um, I think, 12 hours. It's raised about I think, 20, yeah, I think it's
1: more like eight hours. I think yeah. it's like- a, It's not incredible. 20, I, I 20, wanted to 000. say this
0: though, Cohen, because you mentioned This you do intend to file a countersuit or a cross-complaint against Donald Trump? Did I hear you say that correctly? Yeah.
1: So you know that's obviously in discussion with counsel right now. Uh, I'm in the process of um, finishing as soon as we're we're done with this uh, podcast. You know, I have phone calls uh, that are going to be taking place with the lawyers regarding the engagement letters and so on. I mean, this all happened so fast, and you know what I hate is the fact that. Uh, I, I even had to uh, put together this um, GoFundMe uh, scenario that, you know, it was done for me uh, by Adam and um, another guy, I always forget his name, that they put this together and I appreciate it more. I, I hate the fact that I have no choice but to do it uh, after these uh, subpoenas, which I had to bring in counsel as well. Uh, you know, there's an old expression which is an attorney who has himself for a client, has a fool for a client. Um, I believe that to be um, said but true. And this is so important that I can't allow my own personal emotions and my own ego to get in the way of this. You're right that this could potentially open up depositions uh, to Donald, to members of his family, Bill Barr, um, you know, and others that have been around him. And so the question then becomes, do you move for dismissal, of the summary judgment, uh, or do you accept, move on, and then immediately file for depositions, uh, which <laughs> it, there's many different strategies, none of which has been uh, determined as of yet. So we will... You know, we'll take that all I'm gonna take that now, all under advisement, because the team that I'm putting together in order to handle this, this is this is possibly one of the most important cases for you know our democracy. I can't believe how stupid he was to have actually filed it. He should have listened to the lawyers that told him it's a mistake. He's now opened himself up to everything that he refuses. If in fact that we end up getting depositions of him in this case. He cannot take the fifth. This is a, this will be a civil suit that's brought by him with a countersuit. So could you imagine in a, in a case that you're the plaintiff on, despite the fact he'll be technically a defendant in the countersuit, that you're now not going to answer questions? That's fantastic. Well, that's why the
0: New York Times article, frankly, that this says yes. that it's not sanctionable. They're wrong because they're not thinking the few moves ahead, right? I mean, they're saying, well, sure, if you just take a look at the pleading itself, if you don't look at the venue, like it's filed in the wrong venue, if you don't look at the implications of the lawsuit and you simply look that it wasn't um, like the the lawsuit that was filed against Hillary Clinton in March literally looked like with capital letters like his truth social posts right yeah. so so it's a very low bar that new york times gives him credit for that at least it's not like in all caps with curses and like feces smeared on it so new york times is like well in that case it's it, it it at least passes that test but what they ignore what they're wrong about is it's filed in the wrong court it's filed in the wrong state it's filed in the wrong division donald trump is not is never going to sit for a deposition and when you depose him and you say okay Let's go through all of the conduct that you engaged in. Let's go through when you directed me to do this. Let's go over. Oh, you have this case that the Manhattan District Attorney brought and you're making these accusations against me. Well, I am going to um, I am going to ask you questions about that because you've now opened the door to all of these questions. Now, who are Donald Trump's lawyers, though, who brought this case? Um, They're bragging on their website. These are the individuals, Alejandro Brito um, of Brito and Associates. They're a new Coral Gables law firm, um, and they just secured their first victory of an appellate ruling regarding a garnishment in a bank account. They are franchise lawyers. Um. I guess this is who he got to to bring this case but like we're talking about D minus list lawyers because no lawyer who cares about their law license, no lawyer who has a shred of dignity would bring this utter and complete frivolous complaint. But you know what? The world's your oyster now, Cohen. Well, You've got look, the Pandora's uh, you know, ben, box. I don't, I don't want to
1: minimize the fact that it's still a lawsuit as frivolous, baseless, and stupid as the allegations are and as poorly drafted as it is, um, it's still a $500 million lawsuit against me. Take that, couple it with these subpoenas that I'm in the process of, as you can see, working on in my it's my handwriting over there. Um, there's a lot of time that has to go into... The review, I mean, for example, in each of these subpoenas, and fortunately, they use the same attachment, which is the Attorney General's 222-page complaint against Donald. They don't state in their documents with any specificity at all. They don't state uh, the reasons why they're asking me to come in or that they're asking for additional documentation when chances are that the person who's in possession of the documents that they're looking is actually their own client. So again, I, unfortunately all of these things have to be dealt with and you know, it's um you, we can all laugh about how stupid Donald is and how ridiculous uh, these attorneys are that filed it. That I mean, the jurisdictional issue was just ridiculous in and of itself, but nevertheless there's now a valid a validly filed complaint for $500 million against me by a guy who is, and I'm telling you this from fact and from experience, he is an unhinged crazy man who is desperate for revenge because his goal is to ensure that my uh, name, my uh, credibility, is all mucked up so that I could not be a you know a witness in either the DA's case or if the New York Attorney General ends up calling me uh, as a witness as well. And again, something I just want to explain to the brigaders: <laughs> this is the greatest. He thinks that yeah, I went, I testified before the grand jury because this is some sort of a revenge or vindicate uh, you know against him. I was subpoenaed by the district attorney for the grand jury. I can you know, step away and go get them if you want to see next time. I'll put them on. We'll, you know, we'll show people uh, what it is. But I was subpoenaed just like everyone else. So Cohen, you know
0: the the subpoenas that you got though from the New York Attorney General. I want to pivot there, then we'll pivot back to the lawsuit that Donald Trump filed against you, where you you held it up. It was like you know two or three pounds of. Uh, I wasn't paperwork. dead, Ben.
1: I wasn't subpoenaed by the Attorney General. The document. No, sorry, sorry, should...
0: by Donald Trump's lawyers.
1: Right. Right. In In, in that
0: in that action. Correct. Um, What what I never understood about that subpoena, though, um, from Donald Trump is, you know, he controls his statement of financial conditions, all of the documents that are at issue in that specific case right? He has custody and control over the valuations, the appraisals, all of his communications with accountants. Like, I don't even understand when I see those documents that that Trump served on you, um, what possible things could even be in your custody and control that are even relevant to that case, right? The accusation in that case um, and it's a civil case seeking at least $250 million, is that for at least a decade, from you know slightly more than a decade, that Donald Trump was preparing false statement of financial conditions, as well as the Trump Organization and his adult children, where he would grossly inflate the value of his various properties relative to the appraised value to get these improper benefits from taxing authorities, from lenders, from insurers. So the document is a very discrete universe of, of records and so when Donald Trump and Alina Haba and they all complain we don't have enough time for discovery these are your documents that you don't the only third party documents that are needed are Mazers you know the the accounting firm um as well as you know the new accounting firm maybe but 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 that's about it and by the way you know you know the ultimate irony as I'm thinking out loud with you Cohen His subpoena to you in the AG case, requesting those documents be whatever he's asking for publicly and asking for your deposition in it of itself is the reason why the lawsuit that he filed in Florida can be dismissed right away. He's saying to you, talk about Just if you view that alone, we want you to be deposed and to talk about all these issues publicly. And then he's suing you and saying, do not talk about these issues publicly. That right there just shows you that that's evidence right there that it should be dismissed as as I'm thinking out loud. But one thing I do want to mention, I want to talk more about Donald Trump being deposed today. Remember Donald Trump saying, oh, when I went there in New York, he just said this. He goes, when I was there, everybody in the courtroom, he goes, "they they were crying when they saw me. They were crying. I want to show you this clip of Donald Trump arriving in Manhattan today. And this is the greeting that he received. Play this clip. You see the sign. No one is above the law. It says New York hates you. What's your reaction?
1: Look, you know, my personal feelings regarding Donald, uh, You know, I'm not shy to say I think that uh, virtually everything that comes out of his mouth is racist, sexist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic. And, you know, I can't believe that. This is who the man ended up turning out to be. And a lot of people say to me, oh, come on, you must have known that he was a piece of shit when you worked for him. It was very different. And I want people to understand that when I was working for him, I was working for a guy who had a number one television show, The Apprentice, and it was, and he was a real estate guy. He's not the biggest. He's not the smallest. He was a a well-known real estate guy here in New York for obviously many, many years. When he tasted the power of the presidency, he realized that he had no interest in ever giving it up. And his worst, worst impulses, his worst inners, right, became the reality. He just basically became the worst version of himself imaginable. And it's hard to even believe that he exceeded what anybody ever thought he could exceed as far as being douchebag Donald. I mean, the shit that this guy, you know, they always say that, you know, we we used to horse around sometimes in, you know, at the office and be like, when Donald would bullshit and so on, we'd say, boy, I bet his ass is jealous of the shit that comes out of his mouth, because some of it was just so stupid and so ridiculous, but it didn't affect anyone's lives. We are now, right now in American history on the precipice of complete and utter destruction of our democracy and the Constitution. People don't realize the clear and present danger that Donald Trump is to the, you know, to our country and our country's future. And, you know, some I've seen a couple of the comments, you know, that people put out that, that I look exhausted. I am exhausted. I absolutely am. You know, being OCD. I couldn't just stop uh, going through the documents and drafting and writing, even though I have now um, lawyers that are going to be retained on this. Um, You know, I obviously understand this case better than virtually anybody. And so, you know, I'm helping to draft the documents. I'm going to then give it to the professionals. And believe me when I tell you, uh, they are professionals, and you'll find out very soon who they are. I just can't stop because it's that important. And, you know, I don't say that because I'm asking for a pat on the back or to be acknowledged, you know, as sometimes, Ben, you like to do, which I refute, and that's being a hero. Um, I don't look at myself like that at all. Uh, You know, I just made a promise to my wife, my daughter, my son in the country that, I was going to put my loyalty to Trump at the bottom of the barrel and ensure that my loyalty belongs to the country. And that's what I'm doing. And, you know, when they turn around then and they call me a rat, that's, of course, mob language. And it's all it's all being done to appease one person. You know, I think his name is Chris Kyes. He's one of Trump's lawyers. He's quoted in The New York Times using the same two words convicted perjurer. And rat. And I keep trying as hard as I can on every television appearance, on political beatdown, on my mea culpa, when I speak to the press, I try to explain to them the same thing that it is so important for these fools, these talking heads, all right, Donald's lawyers and so on, to understand that when you call me a convicted perjurer, you must finish the sentence. Because if not, you're not being. Accurate, you're being um, you know, you're providing misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation. The convicted perjure that I did, which was the 1001 violation to Congress, was done at the direction of, in coordination with, and for the benefit of Donald J. Trump. Look it up. It's there in all of the documents. On top of that, it would be nice if they were to what the big lie is so that people know why it is that they're calling me a convicted perjurer other than just to hurl sh- shit at me for the sake of appeasing, again, the one and only, right? Their Fuhrer. And the lie was the number of times that I spoke to Trump about the failed Trump Tower Moscow project. I said three, which was a lie, when the true answer was 10. That's the big lie. And again, if anybody thinks that that big lie is going to, you know, interfere with my ability to testify if called by either the DA, the AG or anybody else, I think that they're unfortunately fooling themselves. So much like these MAGA morons that just decide to constantly throw and hurl shit at me. Oh, you know, you should be in prison. Really? Wait, wait, wait. Let me scratch my head for a second. I should be in prison. First of all, I did my my time, right? <laughs> well, the person that belongs in prison is your Fuhrer, right? The supreme leader, the your monarch, your, you know, your uh you know, your dictator, your authoritarian wannabe. That's who belongs. I already did my time for crimes again that I committed at the direction of for the benefit of and in coordination with Donald J. Trump. I did my time. And the, the things that I am guilty of, I acknowledge it. Of course, Donald doesn't acknowledge any fault or ever doing anything wrong, right? I acknowledge I was involved with the hush money payment to Stormy Daniels. Though it's interesting how so many newspapers, and they never correct it, still want to make the claim that I'm the one who paid Karen McDougal. I am not. That's That's been already acknowledged by David Pecker, who is the president of AMI National Enquirer, that he paid it. So, you know, these things go on and that the only other charge, which is accurate, is the thousand and one violation. If you believe that this big lie, three versus 10 is enough that I should be in prison for the rest of my life. I mean, that's how ridiculous it is. And that's why I am again, so thankful to Adam and to so many others who put this thing together because they know um, from conversations, private conversations that we've had. Uh, I have basically handled uh, as much of the legal fees as I possibly can, you know, to handle. And this is not going to be a one-two-three. Uh, this is going to be potentially protracted litigation, and I do need, um, I do need help. And it's funny because then the magamorons start saying, "Oh, look who's a fucking grifter!" No, no. Let me tell you the difference. First and foremost none of this money is going to me. This is all going to legal fees. All right. I am not taking it like Donald Trump's pack, whereby 90% of all the money that goes into that pack, he has total discretion over. And I promise you that that discretion, right, is to his pocket or to fix his airplane or something else to pay a fine, whatever it might be. All right. I am not taking anybody's money from my own pocket. I'm taking it so that I could um you know defend this case and that I can protect, you know, the country and myself and democracy against a authoritarian wannabe. It's a major, major difference here.
0: And by the way, uh, Christopher Keist, Donald Trump's lawyer, who you mentioned, who are saying those, you know, frankly, defamatory uh, things about you. He is a foreign agent of the Maduro regime yes. in Venezuela. You can't make that up. He's filed disclosure forms that he is a active foreign agent, and that's who's representing Donald Trump right now. At the same time, Donald Trump uh, filed this $500 million lawsuit against you. You know, he's also posting on his social media all of the- these threats about you, which also, to me, undermine any potential claims that he has as he's actively threatening you. And frankly, I believe the lawsuit is is another form of that threat to your safety. But here's just one example of uh, the types of posts that he um, makes about you. He goes, just reported that the most important witness to go before the New York City grand jury, a highly respected lawyer who once represented convicted felon, jailbird, and serial fake storyteller and liar, Mike. Michael Cohen, will be doing so tomorrow afternoon. The information he will present will supposedly be conclusive and irrefutable uh, witch hunt. He obviously posted this before the Manhattan grand jury voted to criminally indict. I want to get your reaction to that and more posts, but we got to take this quick break.
2: And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Fume. Cold turkey, it may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your wacky neighbor or some sketchy message board. We're talking about our sponsor Fume and they look at the problem in a different way. Now, not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative award nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses all natural delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. The first time I used fume, I was shocked at how flavorful and fresh it tasted. Now, it's easy to hold and perfectly balanced and quite honestly, extremely fun to fidget with. The real wood material and sleek design definitely classes it up and I feel pretty darn cool holding it. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories. And there's no reason that can't be you. Head to tryfume.com and use code BEAT to save 10% off when you get the journey pack today. That's tryfume.com and use code BEAT to save an additional 10% off your order today. And now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Lomi. Now I've never been able to compost before. It was always too complicated, too much work, and frankly, I don't think I even knew if I was doing it right. Then I got a Lomi. Lomi allows me to turn my food scraps into dirt with a push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns scraps to dirt in under four hours. There's no smell when it runs and it's really quiet. Thanks to Lomi, I have way less garbage each week. My family, we're down from three bags per week to just one. And here's something cool. My wife, she recently started gardening, and we've been able to use the scraps of dirt to help fill her garden. And since I got loamy, I throw out way less garbage. That means it's not going to landfills and producing methane. Instead, I turn my waste into nutrient-rich dirt that I can feed to my plants. I feel so great knowing that I'm composting and creating soil instead of waste. I have a basically limitless supply of dirt for my garden. The other week I had my in-laws over for dinner and the food cleanup was a breeze. Plus, they think I'm super eco-conscious now. If you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com BEAT and use the promo code BEAT to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to lomicom BEAT and use promo code BEAT at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a cold trip out to the garbage can. And now, back to the video.
0: Welcome back to Political Beatdown. Ben is here live with Michael Cohen. Cohen.
1: Please put back up that that last uh, untruth social whatever. And this is what it, it said, postings. let me read it for
0: everybody and then I'll, this was, so Donald Trump posted a series of these messages before the grand jury ultimately voted to criminally indict him. And it is is important that we always remind people that it was a grand jury of his peers in New York that made the decision and made that vote to criminally indict him. And this is what uh, Trump said. Just reported that the most important witness to go before the New York City grand jury, a highly respected lawyer who once represented convicted felon, jailbird, and serial fake storyteller and liar Michael Cohen will be doing so tomorrow afternoon. The information he will present will supposedly be conclusive and irrefutable. Which hunt, he's referring to Robert Costello, who is anything but a highly respected lawyer, but Cohen respond.
1: <laughs> First of all, I love the fact that it's all in caps. It just goes to show you how unhinged And how angry that Donald Trump is, something that is reported in the New York Times uh, by Maggie Haberman, Ben Protest and Willie Rashbaum, that he's literally furious right now. And he's furious at me. Well, I love the fact that he could be furious at me when... This is all his own fault. This is all of his own doing. I took my responsibility. I acknowledged my response. In fact, I I acknowledged things. I I took responsibility for things that I didn't even do. You know, for example, the tax evasion and the misrepresentation to a bank. And if you, you know, are good enough and you have the time or you want to listen to or read revenge, you will understand so much more about this fight that's going on right now than, you know, Obviously, they're not reading it, but as a quick summary onto it, you know, there are elements to tax evasion. Let's say that there's six elements. What if you don't have a single element of tax evasion? How could you be charged with that? Well, you can, if of course you're an authoritarian wannabe president that wants to stifle someone that you know is willing to violate a US citizen's First Amendment constitutional right. To try to prohibit that person from publishing the book, and then you use your willing and complicit, bloviated scumbag Attorney General, uh, in this case, Bill Barr, in order to do it. And so they then contact the you know, uh, main justice, and the main justice contacts the Southern District of New York, and we know this because Jeffrey Berman, right, the former head of the Southern District of New York, who recused himself, went ahead. And wrote a fucking book where he acknowledges that he was being pressured and that he did just enough in order not to lose his job um, in terms of acknowledging what Trump wanted, which was done through, I think the guy's name was like O'Callaghan or something like that. So, you know, I then filed, and this is interesting, I filed this this, uh, bar complaint against Berman because it's either unethical or illegal what he did. And the way that they protect each other is just... It's amazing. They refuse to take any action against the guy who acknowledges in his own words in a book that what he did is either unethical or illegal. You can't recuse yourself and then work with main justice. But putting all that crap aside, who here has not seen Bill Barr on television, that piece of shit that he is, sitting there, And talking as if we should all welcome him back into polite society. Yeah, great. He told Donald, oh, you lost the election. Now, all of a sudden, he's saying that what he's doing, you know, in terms of the attacks on whether it's the AG in New York or attacks on the district attorney, um, Alvin Bragg, it's stupid, or any of the witnesses. this This goes well beyond. I want you to take away the term president and replace it with gangster right mobster replace it with one of those adjectives well what do you think would happen to that person if there was witness tampering or obstruction of justice or witness intimidation what would happen well the same thing that should happen to him and i again i sit back and i sometimes i feel like without all of you i'm basically on my own here fighting this one man war against a guy who has what, you know, um, 28% of the Republican Party, let's say it's, you know, 12, 15 million people. That's an enormous number of people. And when, when he does the things that, that he did, for example, in this, uh, in this untruth social post, he's basically asking somebody to step up and to do his bidding. And is it any different than what he did on January 6th? And so look, you know, safety is a concern, financial is a is a concern. You know, this is this is not easy. So if you want to know, for example, why I look tired and so on, it's because I am tired. You know, it's hard for your brain to shut down when you have that in these subpoenas and everything else, you know, all on top of your head. And it's very difficult to get your life started. And more, more than anything, it's also you know, the pain and the sadness that it brings into my home, into, to, my, to my wife, and to my children, and to my whole family. This is, it's technically, it's unfair, but as I've promised, uh, I, I will stay this course, and I will stay this course as long as I can in order to ensure accountability, not revenge, not revenge against Donald Trump, but accountability. And that's all that I think that all of us should be looking for or asking for.
0: And you say, like, we should replace, we shouldn't call him, you know, even a former president. You should call him a current gangster. And using that terminology, like, look at what he said as he was headed to his deposition today, uh, taken by New York Attorney General Letitia James, which he most likely is going to invoke his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, just like he did back in August when It predated her filing of the lawsuit. It was still part of the special proceeding investigation, but he invoked the Fifth Amendment on every question, even the most basic questions like, did you review your statement of financial conditions? But this is how the gangster tough guy likes to talk on his social media platform. He goes, just arrived in Manhattan for a deposition in front of New York State's racist Trump-hating Attorney General Letitia Peekaboo James in another unjust and ridiculous persecution of the 45th gangster of the United States. I built a great and prosperous company, employed thousands of people, built magnificent structures all over the world, but particularly in New York, and now have to prove it to this lowlife who campaigned on a I Will Get Trump platform even before knowing anything about me. Then he posts right after that. The good thing about the AG Peekaboo James persecution is that I will finally be able to show what a great profitable and valuable company I built. Actually, some of the greatest real estate assets anywhere in the world her effort in strict coordination and association with the lying country killing scum quote working in the white house and now dis- discredited district attorney alvin bragg will prove to be fake and even fraudulent her only hope is that she quote shopped a judge as bad as her so attacking everybody in this but okay so 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 take for example this post though right where donald trump says i will finally be able to show what a great, profitable, and valuable company that he has.
1: Okay, well, I think you during- know what, ben, I hate to say it, but I think you have to look at other words here, more important, right? Kill, country killing scum, right? Working in the White House. What the fuck is he talking about? Country killing scum. I mean, I, I don't even know where he comes up with this shit. Half caps, half uncaps in this one, which means that he's, you know, half... I don't know, half enraged and you know, half. I don't even even know what. I don't even know how to describe (laughs) the unhinged behavior of this guy. This is not normal. This is not normal um, usage of language or social media platform. That he is a you know, it's his platform. This is not normal behavior from a former president for an individual who wants to be president again. I mean, is this what you would allow your children to say? If your kids have said shit like this, you'd smack them in the ass and say, the fuck is wrong with you? Country killing scum. I mean, again, you know, and then the, the worst part is these manga morons that are giving Donald money. I mean, for God's sakes, after the indictment, he claims, and I think it's a lie anyway, that he raised $7 million. But could you imagine? $7 million? that he raised off of being indicted, and you have these morons that are sitting there and that they'll attack me, for example, if you have a chance, go on social media, go on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, go to at Michael Cohen, two one two, and check out to see all of the attacks. Now, here's another thing too, which infuriates me, and it should infuriate anyone that uses Twitter as a platform. And I've written to Elon Musk, I've spoken to him personally about this, he made a promise that he was going to figure out a way how to rid the platform of bots and bot farms. You start to see some of the nastiest shit on social media, on Twitter. And if you go into that person, they have one follower, seven followers from 2020, right? So three years, they've accumulated seven followers. They follow 11 people, but they're prolific in a short period of time as far as tweeters. These are bots. There's no doubt about it. But they say the meanest shit. They say the ugliest stuff that you could imagine trying to parrot some of the ugly shit coming out of Donald's mouth. And then they try to do that to change the conversation. Well, I call on Elon Musk, and all of us should call on him to get control over this platform. This is absolute improper. It's absolutely improper. And as the CEO of this company, I think he is obligated in order to figure out a way how to get rid of bot farms, do second two-tier authentication, do three-tier authentication, right? And the funniest is that some of these bots that have 7, 10, 15 followers, they have blue checks as if they're, you know, as, as if they've been verified because this company is paying the six bucks to Elon Musk for a blue check. So unless you go into it, you don't realize that this is a bot. This is fucked up and it's got to stop.
0: Couldn't agree more there. You know, and the reason, Cohen, though, why I picked out these words, though, because I mean, Donald Trump's other language there, country killing scum, I'm with you. I mean, it is beyond despicable um, and and vile. But like that, if we remove those words, which, you know, for, for this hypothetical exercise and say, OK, Donald, you want to finally be able to show what a great. Profitable and valuable company that you built, or like, like, like. So, so here, if I was to speak to one of his, you know, maga cult followers, and we're gonna have a discussion. Okay, look, y- you believe that Donald Trump has a great, profitable, and valuable company, and by the way, Donald Trump is saying that he will finally be able to show it. So. Let me ask you, do, do you think he's gonna be able to show it? Oh, yeah, 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 I'm gonna show it. Okay, well, let, let me just show you the video when he was deposed, when he was given the opportunity to show what a valuable and profitable company he did. All right, Donald, how valuable and, proper, and profitable is your company? Play the clip.
3: So, Mr. Trump, I take it you are, are not going to answer any questions about your preparation today with your counsel,
1: is that correct? Then- All right, Salty.
4: Should I say this or should I respond to that? Just read that. For all of the reasons provided in my answer, which is incorporated herein, in its entirety, I decline to answer the question.
3: Okay. Uh, Mr. Trump, the focus of our investigation and what we are primarily going to cover today involves the presentation of your statements of financial condition between 2011 and the present. Uh, I take it you are generally familiar with those statements, is that correct?
4: For all of the reasons provided in my answer, which is incorporated herein, in its entirety I decline to answer the question.
0: So he had the opportunity to prove it. What did he do? He invoked the Fifth Amendment. And by his own admission, his own words, he says only the mafia and criminals invoke the Fifth Amendment. And there he did it when he had the opportunity to prove it. And most likely today during his deposition, he would invoke the Fifth Amendment also. Just very, very briefly, I do want to mention that the E. Jean Carroll case is still set for trial April 25th. It's a civil rape and defamation case. Donald Trump is desperately trying to get that case continued. He's saying that he needs a, quote, Cool off period based on the circus-like uh, atmosphere that was created at his criminal arraignment. And Eugene Carroll's lawyers responded with a brilliant letter, basically saying, "You realize that before you submitted this letter, you were on Tucker Carlson threatening the prosecutor and threatening the judges, and so you realize that you're the one who's creating this atmosphere, and you should not be able to benefit by it or uh, delay." And and they also showed data because Donald Trump basically used a Google search to try to say, look at all these people Google searching me. And uh, what E. Jean Carroll's lawyer said, actually, New York doesn't care about you as much as you think you're actually... Uh, about like the 65th most searched thing in New York. So like people are, are focused on a lot of other things other than you, um, other than you, Donald Trump. So that's the Egene Carroll update. But I want to remind everybody though that the firewall fund um, that will help Michael Cohen's legal defense set up by Adam Parkamenko, great work to Adam Parkamenko, Kyle, and his whole team there. There's a link in the YouTube so you can check that out on our um, on the YouTube video. And if you want to contribute, lots of you have already contributed to the Legal Defense Fund. Thank you all uh, who have done that. We will, of course, be keeping you all updated on what Cohen's next move is. He already told you here and broke the news first on uh, this podcast on political beatdown that his intention, at least right now, would be to bring a countersuit or a cross complaint. And in terms of deciding which venue or jurisdiction or which motion to file, um, that is something that uh, Cohen is still reflecting. On now, Cohen. uh, Final words before uh, before we head out.
1: Look, uh, thank you all so much for your support. Uh, The political beatdown is one of the best ways that we'll all be in a position. You know, we'll all be in a position to ensure accountability, and that's again the single most important thing that come out of this thing. So, again, I thank each and every one of you for joining me in this journey. It's it's just started and we have a long way to go.
0: Everybody, make sure you hit subscribe right now on this YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe on the audio as well to Political Beatdown. So if you're just a YouTube watcher, please, wherever you get your audio, please subscribe to Political Beatdown on audio podcast as well. Make sure you check out Michael Cohen's new book as well, Revenge. It is a great read and it is a great audio book as well. So wherever you can buy buy books or buy audio books, make sure you get a copy of uh, Revenge. You can also check out store.midastouch.com for the best pro-democracy gear, including the official Mea Culpa podcast, Maralardo Lardo Correctional Facility shirt. It's right there at store.mitistouch.com And also we here at Midas Touch Network don't have any outside investors. So if you want to help uh, fund this network, no pressure if you can. But if you'd like to, you could become a member at our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Midas Touch, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch, M-E-I-D-A-S-T-O-U-C-H. That's Patreon, dot com slash Midas touch a lot, a lot of big news we discussed on this episodes of political beatdown. Thank you so much to the beatdown brigade. You're the best. None of this is possible without you. As we say, this isn't just some show or some network. This is a a movement powered by you. So special thanks to all the brigaders out there. And of course, a special shout out to the Midas mighty.